TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. It is the Score North Twin Show. We are remote recording today. I'm Derek Wetmore in the Bloomington studios. And joining me by conference call is our good friend, Judd Zolgad, back at the Hubbard Studios. Judd, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I'm good. Uh, We're practicing social distancing. We're practicing uh, physical distancing, too, as our boss put it. He said, you don't have to be antisocial. He said, you just have to be physically apart. (laughs) And antisocial fine with me honestly it's both of our default settings so it, I can might, handle it. it might work out better that way um judd i got you on today i want to talk to you about the joel sherman report in the mm-hmm. new york post uh what day was that wednesday about two things that he projects are going to happen based on his sources and his information and everything like that he thinks that the major league season whenever it does get going in 2020 is going to start without fans in attendance and he thinks it's going to start without the minor league season adjacent to it. Judd, this sets off a chain reaction of questions in my head. What were your first thoughts when you saw that? Uh, the first one, which is it could be without fans in attendance, Derek, doesn't surprise me one bit. I think that sports are going to have to start without fans. I, I just think that because there's no sport or there's no business that's going to want to jump back and say it's over now, right? Like this is a we don't know. And so I, I think football, baseball perhaps, will be the first to come back. And I think there's a big chance that they come back with no fans. That one doesn't surprise me one bit. The minor leagues not playing doesn't surprise me, but it does set off a chain reaction of interesting talkers here because we're, we're used to the big league season starting with AAA, AA, rolling out single A as well. Now, the rookie leagues don't start ordinarily until, what, late May or June. So it's not unprecedented for minor leagues not to start in sync or all of them with the big leagues. But for this to be just a, hey, it's going to be the major league teams and that's it. The one thing I will say, and I think there's no choice here, is that you are going to have to have huge rosters to start. So yeah. so guys who ordinarily probably would start the year at AAA, if and when baseball does start, let's say July 4th or something like that, your roster size is going to have to be pretty significant. So a lot of guys who would be in the minors to start the season probably or fringe guys will probably be up. Uh, But I really think to go back to his initial to Joel's initial point is I, I think whatever sport comes back first is literally going to have to do so dipping its toe in the water. And that doesn't mean, hey, huge opening day. Let's get a stadium full of fans and roll the dice. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Patrick. Royce, our, our mutual friend on, uh, it was Monday's show, Royce on Baseball, he brought up this roster rule, which I didn't remember, probably predates my time. Um, and sure. actually, I haven't even looked it up here, full disclosure. But do you remember a time when they'd start the season, Judd, with, uh, it was like 29 or 30 guys on a roster, and then by May 1st, you had to have your 25-man solidified? I do not. Pat brought that up as a possibility to reintroduce this year. Now, I think... You could even stretch that out further. I think you could say, look, if you're going to have 100 games in two and a half months or whatever the timeline looks like, you're going to need a lot of arms to carry throughout the course of a summer. I don't think you should necessarily say, hey, one month in and then guys are ramped up. I think you just go expanded rosters all year long. To what? 28, 29. And this dumb thing about uh, pitchers capping at 13, that's got to go out the window. Let's say you start 
Derek, at the All-Star game, what is your feeling about games played then? So if you yeah. start, if you come back at um, Dodger Stadium, although if you do that and start with the All-Star game, it's probably with fans. So let's say it's not. Let's say you just start July 1st. Okay. Um, playing double headers pretty consistently. What's your best guess for a realistic amount of games that can be jammed into a July 1st through – Say you play through October, start the World Series November or something like that. I I know. So let's let's just do some math on it on the fly because sure. if you're starting with fans, logistically difficult. Nobody likes split day night doubleheaders, but hey, you maybe you have to at this point if you're trying to ramp up games. Without fans, there are two interesting wrinkles. Number one, I think you could just go straight doubleheader, you know, start at three o'clock. Game number two, six, six thirty, seven, whatever, and play through till ten. There you go. Baseball players wouldn't mind that as much as they hate the split day night. I think it's throughout. You could do that exactly. Well, and then here's the second part of that is that if you're trying to, from a player's perspective, you want as many games as possible, right? Goose your paycheck, get that money. Don't begrudge anybody for that at all. If you're mm-hmm. an owner, you're trying to get some of that gate revenue back. You'll get the TV revenue for the doubleheaders. Fine. Advertisers come along. Sponsors stick on board at whatever 75% of their rate. But you're not getting the gate revenue if you're going to close it to fans. So all of a sudden, doubleheaders aren't as advantageous to the owners as they would be to the players. I wonder if there's something that's got to give there. You're probably right. I think the main thing – so if I'm Rob Manfred, I think the main thing that I I tell the owners if and when we start, Derek, is very simple. That's this. We are doing this to make as much as possible off TV. Yes. Because those local RSN contracts are absolutely the lifeblood of teams. I think anything you get in 2020 from a fan perspective of fans actually being in your stadium, a bonus, I would tell them split doubleheaders will not be played in 2020. We're not doing that because we're trying to play as many games as possible. And you're right. As much as fans despise the splits, players hate them more. Yep. What I, what I would come to an agreement with the Players Association on is we're going to try to play as many games as possible. The goal is for the, you know, the uh, Fox Sports of the world, the Sinclair people, to pay us what they owe us. But as far as the actual, hey, selling hot dogs and beer and trying to charge a- admission, anything, unfortunately, that we get is a bonus uh, and should not be counted on, which which to the point that I think uh, Patrick brought up on his baseball podcast with you and is a fantastic point is, Man, when you think about the 2020 Twins, and right now it's just this on April 2nd, and what was to be their home opener against the Oakland A's, the celebration of a 2019 American League Central title. When you think about the shots this team, you know, deservedly so, and and I give them uh, applause for this, attempted to take, Derek. Um, and then to Patrick's point, there is no way on God's green earth that a lot of teams, probably including the Twins, can come back with the exact same payroll that they did, that they have for 20 in 2021. That's a whole another dynamic. And that's not to say that the uh, 2021 Twins are screwed because they still have prospects and nice players. But that is to say that the investments that they made in guys for 2020 in seeing a, a potential window to pounce on, um, it's going to be really tough because it's going to be really hard to justify to the poll ads and a lot of people who own teams I know you didn't make as much last year, but let's roll it back again with similar payrolls. I know, I know. It's going to be such a challenge. Uh, the Twins as a mid-market team, of course. Um, I, I want to ask you one quick thing, and I do want to get back to the uh, the Joel Sherman thing, too, on the minor leagues. Are you okay, Judd? We talked about this with listeners a couple of days ago, and it was the feature of Twins Minute 
on uh, Twitter.com at Derek Wetmore if you're not following me. Um, you cool with the neutral site World Series? Let's say you back the regular season all the way to Halloween and then you just go playoffs and maybe it's a sprint. I'm not sure how you'd handle that. But to accommodate sort of the calendar stretching into November, possibly even December, which is crazy to me, would you play, you know, a Twins postseason series in uh, Arizona, Miami, Marlins Park, right? Yeah, anywhere in the South or somewhere with a dome, I guess, if the Brewers are out of it, Miller Park's available. Um, yes, but here, here's the contingency that's going to have to be announced very quickly. You cannot play so if so if it's let's say the Twins qualify for the World Series from the American League for a December World Series and the Brewers qualify from the National League the whole thing has to go neutral site. Yes. So you have games in Milwaukee. They right. lose those games too. Right. So I'm fine with the premise. In fact, I actually don't mind it one bit. Okay. But it has to be set immediately that no one gets home games then. Right, right. Well, I don't want the Brewers saying, but we made the World Series and we yeah. have it too bad. Yeah, tough if it cookies. Twins Brewers, that whole thing is relocated to Arizona or where you said Marlins Park or if it's no longer a coronavirus hotspot, California. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it if it's predetermined that it is a neutral site World Series going in so we don't have this, um, you know, ah, the Brewers are getting their home games and they play in Miami. No, right. no, no. Unfair advantage. Uh, real quickly on this one, too, because the other thing that Sherman brought up was the idea that the minor leagues might not start in part because of just the logistical difficulties of how many cities are involved. And you start spreading this out from 30 cities or I guess, what is it, 26 cities with a couple L.A. teams, New York, Chicago. But how challenging this is going to be on its own just to get those cities in the mix. Travel bans lifted, mass gatherings restrictions lifted, the country in a much healthier place than we are as we sit and record this podcast uh, at the beginning of April, Judd. Um, But for the minor league season to not start then, what do you do? You send the guys who didn't make the team go to your complex in Fort Myers, Florida, and keep them ready in case you need a call up? I guess that's what you'd have to do. Probably, right? It's it's. Messy, but it's probably the cleanest solution you can have. And who cares? At this point in time, the key is to, to get people as healthy as possible, get the country back on track. And somewhere along the line of this, what we're down now is to get sports back. And the most important sports that we could possibly get back are professional sports. And so if it's big league baseball, NFL games, you know, however we have to eventually go about the pecking order of how things fall into place. The most important thing becomes getting those sports back first. And so if that means, you know, AAA baseball starts next year, yeah. And and the, the nice thing, for instance, for the Twins now is the minor league complex in Fort Myers is gorgeous. It's really nice. And so you, you can send all those kids back down to the dorms, uh, keep them in shape, get keep them playing in some type of games down there. And to what you just said, if somebody all up, is necessitated, that's fine. But I do think the roster sizes are probably going to be fairly substantial. I think opening day, if this works, and it may not work, but if they play uh, in 2020, I think the opening day roster sizes for the season is going to be really pretty big. I had Trevor Plouffe on the Twin Show the other day for the debut of five deep questions, and Plouffe was kind enough to join that. And one of the things that he'd brought up in the past is, this is going to be great for guys who would be the 28th 29th, 30th guy on a roster, right? This is expanded opportunity in a sprint to the finish. Uh, let's say they do start in July. It's just the date I keep going back to. 
you're going to try to cram a schedule into that. You can't do it with 26 guys. This, he says, might be a great fringe benefit for those guys that were sort of on the edges of a, of a major league AAA roster. Now, the question is, what does baseball and the owners in particular, what do they try and get away with as far as the pay for these guys? Oh, you are one step ahead of me, Jet. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Yes. You know they're going to try and screw them somehow. No doubt. You know there's going to be something. You, you know, I mean, it, in – how can I put this? Not in defense of the people that own these teams, but these people are business people, and right now their business is – and not just baseball because lots of them own lots of stuff. Their businesses are crippled. So I don't think that they're going to say, welcome back, Joe Schmo. You are the 35th best player on our team, and you have a spot on our big league roster, and how can we compensate you to your fullest? Right. I mean, right. This is going to get, there, there, are, there are certain, I guarantee you, there are certain people who own teams across various sports who right now are taking an absolute bath. Totally. They're yeah. losing money, and it's, incre- and it's an incredible amount. And I can't see those guys real excited to embrace – paying guys too. So I, I think the back end of this could have some pretty ugly consequences. Yeah. I'm not right now, but eventually I'm curious how the twins are going to, well, let's get a season in. If we can get a season in, I think you'd feel a little bit better about it. If the 2020 season gets washed out, boy, that bet that you talked about at the top of the show here, Judd, that bet that you made on 2020 and going in for a world series that uh, it's hard to see holding that still all together. Do you know what I mean? It's it. it it's, can you really call the pole edge cheap then if they decide, well, we can't afford to retain guys when we didn't make any money? Can I mean, we or will we? This is, <laughs> I think if we think it through, this is an incredibly dicey conversation because I don't think that there's a lot of business people who own sports teams right now who make medical goods. And they're right. like, oh, yeah, look at all the money we're making. Right. Majority of these people right now have businesses that are probably pretty well shut down. Yeah, yeah, they're going to take hits not just on their sports team, but on the, uh, their other holdings too, and that's going to play a part. It just is going to. It's going to have to. Um, I want to. Well, I do want to touch on this Patrick Gracie column, Judd. But you wrote a column to celebrate the would-be Target Field home opener yep. uh, today for ScoreNorth.com, talking with people around baseball and around the Twins about the things that they're missing the most. Could you give us just a highlight or something that stood out to you through the course of reporting that story? That uh, that if you haven't already read the column, which you should, scorenorth.com, check out the Twins page. But Judd, that that jumped out to you during the course of those conversations. Yeah, so I uh, got about five or six people. Uh, I got um, Dave St. Peter, the president of the Twins, Derek Falvey, who, of course, runs the baseball operation, Thad Levine, who is Derek's right-hand man, the GM. I found it intriguing that all three of those guys, um, specifically – because question one from me is, what do you miss most about baseball not being played right now? And the response from all three of those guys was some interpretation of the people. And, you know, Falvey said going to the ballpark and, and seeing all the people. Dave said the same thing. Mm-hmm. That pointed to the excitement of the games themselves, especially the great games. Um, but my three questions were, what do you miss about baseball right now? What's your favorite opening day memory as a big league employee? And then my third one was an opening day memory from your childhood. So, I mean, it's just a way because there, there's no escaping to talk about the coronavirus and the impact that that's having on all the sports that we ordinarily watch. Yeah. Uh, but this was supposed to be a day of celebration. This was supposed to be a day that the Twins were at Target Field, and it's a gorgeous day outside. And it would have been a perfect day for baseball. So I thought, you know, I'd like to also just go back to what makes these sports special, right? 
And it, it was sad because I actually went and did a Morning Judd video from Target Field this morning. And <laughs> I saw that. This thing perfectly safe. There was I, I got notes being like, is this a necessary trip? I'm like, people are going to like Calhoun and like bumping into each other. Yeah. <laughs> myself, I drove, I drove to our studios here from Target Field. I could have run every red light. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, <laughs> but also, Derek, you know, in all truthfulness, it's also just it's sad because you're yeah. – you're at the ballpark. It's opening day, and it's all chained up. And there's again, I, I keep coming back to ordinarily in times of crisis or in times of shutdowns, it's man-made or at least we've got some control. Like we know an end date, right? Sure. And we know the recovery date. And and there have been certainly tragic things, and there have been sad things. But we've often known. Okay, I think we can. I think we can get back to sports then. You know, in a week or two weeks. And this one, you just looked around and. Target field's boarded up or chained up and you have no idea when it's coming back and you can't control it one bit. Like there's no dictating, um, you know, I think July 1st is the date. I keep saying July because it's the earliest. I think that there's a, yeah, Yeah, but, but you know, some people have been saying June and I don't think June is even close to being a realistic date. So we say July and cross our fingers. Exactly. Right. But yeah, I've just, in the piece that I did for our website, scorenorth.com, about people, um, their love for the game, I'm just trying to – baseball is such a nostalgic sport, and so many people, you know, watched it with their grandparents or parents. And so just trying to get back to that just for at least a moment to not talk about the coronavirus and its impact on sports. What was your favorite uh, big league opening day memory, and if you could share with us yours? My favorite one – was probably um, uh, Dustin Morris of the Twins had a great one because I identify with it completely. He was interning for the Chicago Cubs, and it it was his first job in the big leagues. And the Cubs were playing that day, he he wrote, in Cincinnati. And he was in Wrigley Field watching the game on an old-school, you know, box TV, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And and he wrote about how – so he's he's – in a dungeon of an office in a rickety old ballpark sitting by himself. But he wrote, like, I looked around and I realized I've made it. I've got a big league job. This is awesome. And I'm in, and my office is Wrigley Field. That's cool. And I I identify with that because going back to the time I covered the Packers for the Star Tribune in 2003 and four, one of the most comforting things to me was when I would stay at uh, Lambeau Field in the media room and work into the night. And I remember, so our our work room, Derek, was above the Packers' locker room, basically, and where they had the washers and dryers and did all the equipment work. And I remember vividly a couple times hearing the dryers in Lambeau Field going below me. And it was like I was in my house, but I'm in Lambeau Field working. It's my office. Yeah. So I just love that stuff. And, and there's so many things about sports – if you work in sports that seem minor, but if sure. you stop about them and the people that would absolutely love to do what we do. Um, so there, there's an appreciation there. My favorite uh, big league opening day uh, from Derek Falvey was his first, first time employed by the Cleveland Indians. He wrote, it was the Indians against the White Sox. It was Burley, Mark Burley and Sabathia. And so Derek wrote, you know, it's going to be a pitcher's duel, right? Going to be a great game. It was like nine days. <laughs> Welcome to baseball. Yeah. Just when you think you got it figured out. Yeah. CC Sabathia, 
Mark Burley in their prime. Oh, man, it's going to be a great game. And they were both gone early. That's incredible. We should say too quickly for listeners who don't know, Dustin Morse, the uh, director of communications for the Twins. He does a lot of like the baseball PR and stuff. So we work with him a lot. Yep. And and sort of setting the scene for that story too is like, he's a, he's a big deal now, right? And he's like, if you got a hold of that dude's cell phone, all of the cell phone numbers and contacts and oh, emails yeah. and stuff that he's got in there, it's uh, he doesn't have to name drop because, you know, all of, his, his phone would just be overloaded with it. So to then hear back him thinking about his start in the big leagues, looking around and being like, wow, this is Wrigley Field and that's a tube TV, but that's my employer. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's pretty neat. I want to turn listeners' attentions quickly too before we get out of here, Judd, to uh, Patrick's column. Did you read this today from Mr. Royce? Yes. It's in the Star Tribune. Really uh, so I'm just going to read the lead. And then if listeners want to go find it, startribune.com, their sports section there. Um, Patrick Roycey, obviously, friend of the show, Roycey on baseball. Uh, it starts with the windup. It's Thursday, the home opener. For the Angels, Nolan Ryan is on the mound. Dave Galtz is throwing for the Twins. It's both April 1979 and April 2020 here in downtown Minneapolis. The, imagine thri- uh, the imagination thrives while quarantined. Judd, I just want to know, do we need to send somebody for a welfare check on Patrick? No, this is a great idea. <laughs> no, no, he's tired of the same. Is he doing okay. So he's trying to he's trying to commingle these things. It's awesome. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And it's then he awesome. has Sid uh, Hartman throwing out the ceremonial first pitch because the Twins didn't feel like he had gotten enough attention. There's a little bit of a dig there in the first three lines of Pat's column. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I heard that somewhere. So <laughs> recently, I didn't have any idea. Actually, it was Patrick's column that pointed me out to that, that, oh, that, that he turned right. 100 that's years old. Right. No, no, Patrick's got a great idea here. And my understanding is there's plenty more of these co-minglings of old Amazing. With, uh with opening day stuff from 2020 coming up. So Amazing. Cool. Hey, last thing I'll point out, if people are looking for things where there is not baseball right now, obviously you can be looking at Score North stuff uh every night at eight we're going to be streaming something on score north you can find it on twitter facebook or twitch.tv slash score north if you're into twitch if you are a yeah there's a happy hour tonight um there's we're gonna uh, i don't know how much of this cat i can let out of the bag but we're gonna do a twin show once a week we're gonna do some football stuff there will be some video games i believe according to an email that i saw evening Um, judd tomorrow night evening judd every friday night where people they can I kind of. I think Dawn might, might make her first appearance too. That would be some Q and A. Q and A. Wow. All right. Yep. So find I'm out. there for that. Find out <laughs> all about Judd Volgan. So you can find all that stuff, of course, too. And as I just posted a column to scorenorth.com for this, uh, I think you'd really enjoy it if you're a fan of baseball, if you're a fan of the Twins, if you like the Score North Twin Show. Trevor Bauer, uh, ace pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, formerly of the Cleveland Indians, just posted like a 20 or 30 minute breakdown of all his at bats against Max Kepler, where Kepler takes him deep five times in a row in those at bats. Bauer gives us a basically unprecedented peek behind the curtain on their scouting reports for Kepler, how Bauer tried to attack him, where he made some mistakes, and how Kepler took advantage of it. That's all posted on Trevor Bauer's uh, YouTube page or you can find it on scorenorth.com on the Twins page. I had a ton of fun, Judd, writing that story and watching Bauer break that down in such detail. He's a smart cat, man. He's a weird one, though, too. You don't put out scattering reports in public like that. No, no, he's very odd. Well, he doesn't. He makes it very clear 
often. He, he doesn't give a damn, right? He don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he care. But, that, he's a, but he's also a very smart guy. I, I would imagine that he would be an absolute nightmare to manage. But as far as our jobs go and as far as fans go, he does right. get access that is unprecedented. You're exactly right. And I love the fact as he went through the Kepler thing and just basically said, I started laughing because I couldn't stop him. <laughs> yes. Love and it. Here's the funny thing. Hey, Derek, can you imagine more polar opposite human beings? Oh, I know. Than Matt Kepler and Trevor Bauer. Like if you were to ask, because if you were to ask Kep, Hey Max, let's talk about those <laughs> fronts and let's break them down as much as you can. And by the way, he's got Bauer's number. Bauer's in a different league now. Like he wouldn't yeah. have much to lose by saying, okay, here's what I was thinking or doing. Yeah. Kepler wouldn't tell you today is Thursday. That's right. <laughs> yes. And, and meanwhile, I, Trevor Bauer, who got beat, is just spilling his guts. That's right. You can't hardly blame Kepler because that is sort of the standard operating procedure. And Bauer just throws that, crumples it up, throws it out the window, and takes us inside. Uh, Kepler would be a great hockey player because they don't tell you anything. Get and pucks Kepler deep, shots on anything. net. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly right. We're just working hard, you know, the boys, the boys out there, Miggy and um, and uh, Jakey, and uh, we're just always, wor- we're always working hard. Love it. I love it. Uh, last shout out is uh, if you are a Twins fan, you got this far in the podcast and you're enjoying it, thank you so much. Feel free to share it with a, a friend if you'd like to, if you'd like to help us out in this difficult time. And we're here for you. Judd, you and Phil Mackey just recorded a show in which Michael Kadire came on as a guest, reliving the 2004 ALDS Game 1, Johan Santana's gem. That is going to be posted to the Twin Show feed and to a feed called Minnesota Sports Rewind. And Judd is showing me his box score of the game right now. That's a scorebook. I scored it. I watched it on YouTube last night and scored the whole thing. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, it was... It was, Kadir was great, but the episode overall and watching that game back, Derek, and the conclusions and differences and of things that we saw, I didn't, you know what? 2004 Twins weren't scared. Like, yeah. we were, like I bought, now, now the mentality of the Twins changed. And I do think that by 2009 and 10, the big bad Yankee scared them. Okay. But I forgot in 2004, they weren't really scared. Tory Hunter was way too brash to be scared. A guy like Morneau was probably too too young and dumb at that time, which is a good thing, right? And the one thing that that I'll tease, and because it's worth going back and uh, listening to the episode, the one thing that I will say is this: we go into to detail, but whenever Phil or you or I talk about a true ace, if you're like, what, what do they mean by that? You know, like what's a true ace? Go back and watch Game One. And watch Santana. And we elaborate. But that's a choice. Amazing performance. Um, I haven't heard the episode yet. I can't wait to hear it. It'll. Uh, he didn't have his best stuff, and they won 2 nothing. Wow. Wow. Against a lineup like that, man. I saw the box course. That is a lineup that they've got up there. Which lineup? Gina, A-Rod, Sheffield, Bernie, Posada, Matsui, Sierra. Olerud batting eighth. Yeah. No Cairo batting eighth. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben Sierra, that did it for me. That that put it over the top. Ruben's, yeah. I mean, it's – but for that guy to not have his best stuff or his best command 
and to pitch like he did, it's an interesting talker. Needed to. That's that's the thing that I kept taking out of it. Is like he had he was the ace, and he needed to pitch like that if the Twins were going to win that series. So I'm looking forward to that. That's all kinds of fun. And if you like that episode, just go find Minnesota Sports Rewind. There's a bunch of Twins rewinds on that now. If you're looking for Twins shows, uh, that's it for this episode of the Score North Twins Show uh, from quarantine separate studios where we are practicing physical distancing but not social distancing judd uh he's judd zalget i'm Derek wetmore thanks for listening judd thanks for doing this see ya planning to buy a new boat this year glenn perkins here for my friends at nelson marine the nelson marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business london crestliner fishing boats south bay pontoons powered by yamaha suzuki mercury and Evinrude. nelson marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years visit their showroom on highway 61 in white bear lake online at nelsonmarine.biz It's Mackie here, and during these uncertain times, your team at Federated Mutual Insurance Company has kept a strategic focus on policyholder service. They've been directing clients throughout the country to the information they need on written pandemic policies and procedures, recommended response plans, and communications to employees. If these resources could help your business, please contact your local Federated Marketing Representative or visit federatedinsurance.com. As a mutual insurance company, Federated believes their value is measured by the success of their clients. Federated, it's their business to protect yours. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.